Hey, this is Lauren Hargrove, co-pastor of Gravetop Church with the Revive Moms podcast. I hope this message makes a difference in your life and truly revives your soul. Enjoy. Title is We're All Trying. We are all trying. And so what is the first thing you find yourself reflecting on at the end of your days? Do you find yourself smiling at all the special and valuable moments of your day? Or do you often somehow find all the little things you felt you could have done better? You know, I'm sure it's a little bit of both for all of us. I'm not saying you're just sitting there like, oh, I'm horrible or, oh, I'm so great. I think, you know, all of us have many different thoughts as we're kind of maybe not even actively thinking about our day, but subconsciously we're going over our day and really like rating it. Uh, judging it, seeing how we did. But have you ever just tried your hardest that day? Have you ever just woke up one day and said, I'm going to try so hard? I mean, we do that every day, right? We try our hardest every day. But have you ever woke up and say, I'm going to try hard today? It's going to be a great day with my kids. Maybe you woke up determined, I'm not going to yell at my kids today. I'm going to keep my cool. I'm going to be so patient and I'm going to create so many memories with them today. I'm going to cook the meals they love today. We're going to go on a successful and peaceful target trip, going to go to the park. We're going to engage in meaningful and loving conversation with our husbands. You know, we're going to accomplish our to-do list and just have a great and productive attitude at work. You know, all these goals and we wake up like today's going to be a good day. I'm going to try so hard. And then maybe like five minutes later, you're like, damn, I'm a failure. Like my kids drop their cheers all over the floor and I'm just like, that just really made me mad. <laughs> you know, you know, look, today I really want you to know that all of us are trying our very best every single day. All of us. It's so easy to focus on the things that, that we did that we weren't proud of instead of the many, many things we did that were truly amazing every day. As women, I feel like we naturally want so badly to be the best mother, wife, and woman, whatever else that we do. We want to be the best. We strive for perfection. We may not realize it, but so many of us are striving for perfection every day. We have this standard, this scale, these expectations that we make for ourselves that are kind of crazy, but often we forget our humanity. We forget that perfection isn't the goal and we get caught up in the cycle of constantly feeling like your best isn't enough. But what if I told you that your best is enough? That right now, today, you did a great job, period. Today, you did a great job. What if in the in-betweens of your day where you felt like you missed the mark, what if that's just okay? It's okay to miss the mark. You weren't meant to be perfect and there will be times that you lose your cookies. There will be times that you're just tired and you don't have the energy to cook or to take the kids out on a fun adventure and that's okay. There will be times that you don't always feel like smiling because maybe you have some heavy things on your heart. There will be times that you just feel troubled with life. There will be times where you weren't patient and you know what? There's going to be days where you didn't understand exactly what your kids needed from you and that's okay. All of us are trying to understand what do you need? What do you want from me? Like, what do you want? Why are you crying? 
And there's going to be days where you get it and you fix it and you understand and you're in tune with their emotions. And there's going to be some days where you're like, I don't freaking know. I don't know. There will be times where you're snappy with your man, even when he's trying to be helpful. But all of us know we are trying our best to be the best version of ourselves every day. And that is good enough. Today, I believe that God wants to set us at ease. He wants us to take the heavy burden of perfectionism off of our shoulders. And he wants us to rest in the truth that we are doing a great job. He is proud of us for trying our best and his grace fills in the gaps. His grace fills in the gaps. And so we are all trying. Our three points for today is are when best isn't enough, do your best and forget the rest, and perfectionism is blinding. Okay, so let's go into our first point, when your best isn't enough. And let me ask you, why do you feel like you're still not enough? Why do you nitpick at your shortcomings without acknowledging your greatness? I think we begin to feel like our best isn't enough when we begin to only focus to only focus on our shortcomings rather than all of our great works. Your shortcomings begin to be highlighted and your greatness is hidden in the shadows because for some reason your mind can just naturally do so. Our minds naturally look for the negative. We've talked about that before. And when it comes to ourselves, we've already talked about how we're our own worst critic. But it's so easy to nitpick at all the things that we feel aren't good enough about ourselves. But what if I told you your best really is enough and that your best is actually so impressive and deserves to be applauded? The best that you are giving right now in motherhood, in life, in work, in every, uh, everything that you do is impressive, <laughs> What you're doing in this season of your life, whether you're a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, um, a mom with their children all the time, a mom with children in school, a mom that shares custody, a mom that's pregnant, whatever kind of mom you're at in this season, what you're giving is your best and it's enough. You are doing a great job and it is impressive. God sees all that you do. He sees how many times you've moved the elf on a shelf, even though you've just finished a mountain of dishes and you want to sit on the couch. He sees how many times you've packed their lunches after the longest day of your life. He sees how you try to prepare a festive Christmas night for them, only for them to throw a tantrum because they don't like the Christmas movie. He sees that you loaded all of your kids up in the car to take them somewhere fun, even though the thought of this particular outing is stressing you out. How am I going to do it? What if I need to pee? And I have all of my children with me. You know, have you ever thought about that? Like you go somewhere alone, whether you have one kid or three and you're like, okay, like what if I have to pee right now? Like I take all three of them in the stall with me. Like anyways, it's stressful, right? He sees that you're trying to pump, clean, schedule appointments, put on makeup and a billion other things at once. He sees that you're trying to muster up love and intention to give to your husband after you've given all that you have. He sees that you're working long hours and still sit to play Barbies or trucks with your kids. He sees that you're pregnant and running after toddlers and you're purely exhausted. He sees that you're trying your best. That's my point. He sees that you are doing a phenomenal job. 
<clears throat> so why do you still beat yourself up for those imperfect moments? We are destined to have imperfect moments in our days, every single day. But can I ask y'all to do something this week? And I'm serious. Will you accept the challenge to sit down at the end of your day and write down five maybe? I put on here 10, but you can start at five or 10 things that you feel you did well and you are proud of that day, whether it's in motherhood and work and life, in your own personal relationship with Jesus, with your in your marriage, in your relationships, whatever it is, will you sit down at the end of the day and before you even have the opportunity to be filled with mom guilt or not enough thoughts, will you write down, you know what, today this is what I think I did great and I'm proud of. I'm proud that I spent time with my child even though I, I needed to put all the groceries up. I'm I'm glad that, you know what, I said, hey, hubby, how was your day? You know what, I love you. You know, think about those things that you are proud of, that you are grateful for, that you did well before you even have the opportunity of nitpicking at your imperfections. Will you choose to focus on those things and simply ask God to help you in the areas that you're trying to improve? We all have areas that we need to improve in, all of us, and we also are trying our best. And you are enough. You are giving your all and you are literally killing the mom game. Like, please believe me, you are doing amazing. And so to end this point, I have two verses. In Romans 3.23, it says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of of God's glorious standard. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short. This is talking about our sinful nature, but even if we're zeroing in on life, motherhood, womanhood, it's saying we all fall short. We all fall short of perfection, of God's standard. Um, In motherhood, we are going to fall short, okay? We're not going to do the best at gentle parenting or spanking or disciplining or not or whatever method you're trying to use. But you know what? You're doing your best. And Romans 7, 21 through 25, it says, I have discovered this principle of life. Paul in the Bible was writing this, and he is a man who wrote most of the New Testament, who did amazing works for God. And this is what this man said. He says, I've discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. So I picked this verse to share for this point to show you that All of us, even Paul in the Bible, struggle. They struggle with wanting to do what is right, with wanting to be the best of the best, the best preacher, the best man of God, the best mother, the best Christian woman, the best this and that. But sometimes our sinful nature is pulling us back. We are human and we will be imperfect. And there's times where our imperfections will show. There's times where we will fall short. He is saying That, hey, you're not alone when you're struggling, trying to do what's best and still messing up sometimes. But at the end of the day, the answer is Jesus. He says, we will find freedom in Jesus who paid it all, who was perfect for us. So 
when your best isn't enough. Let's go on to our second point, and that is do your best and forget the rest. <clears throat> Every day is a new day, right? We know that. Yesterday's frustrations and shortcomings don't have to seep into today. Many times they do, but they don't have to. Each morning you can get up and you can choose to give yourself a fresh slate to slay the day, okay? So many times we give our spouses, our kids, everyone else, a, okay, today's a new day, it's cool. Like, you know what, that was yesterday. But what about for yourself? How many times have you woke up still feeling defeated because of your own issues the day before? But what if you give yourself a fresh slate every day? You know, here's something I want you to think about. Every day, your best might look different. And what do I mean by that? Some days you will feel great. Life is going smooth and you feel on top of the world and you're able to give 100% and you're rocking it. Your, you, your best is just oozing out of you. But I want you to recognize and understand this and be okay with this. That other days, you might be dealing with grief because you lost someone you loved or something that was important to you. On those days, it is so important to acknowledge what you're going through Allow yourself to feel and deal. Give yourself your best according to what you're able to give. Your best that day might look like 30% and that's okay. It's understandable and it should be accepted. Other times you might be struggling because maybe you're a single mom or your husband's away on long hours. It's simply hard to do it all and be all. On those days or weeks or seasons, your best may be 50%. And you know what? That makes sense. It should be understood and you should give yourself grace. If your kid is watching a little bit more TV and eating their favorite diner nuggets for, for dinner and they're bored at home, you know what? They're doing just fine. You are doing a great job and it's understandable. Your best may be a little bit different each and every day, right? Maybe you're divorced and the holidays are coming up. Your kids are going back and forth and this is really a struggle for your heart. Your best might look like 70%. And let me tell you, these percentages mean nothing in actuality. I'm just using the percentage kind of idea to give an example of, um, of how it might look different. Okay. So there's not actual percentages to what your best is, but you get why I'm using that example, right? So maybe your kids are separated from you time in different times. Acknowledge that this is simply hard and you're trying to have Christmas cheer while feeling emotional all at the same time because you just want to be with your kids all the time. We are trying our best, but I need you to do something. Will you forget the rest? Can you give yourself grace? Can you understand yourself for once? You try to understand everyone else's feelings, but can you just give yourself some understanding and cut yourself some slack for being human and having a life and having ups and downs? Can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm proud of you. You're trying your best. You're doing a great job. You won't always feel and be at 100%, but even in those seasons, you are giving your best with what you have. You can't pour from an empty cup, but you can, you can give in proportion to what you have. You can give in proportion to what you have. 
your kids have a good mother in every single season that you find yourself in. The seasons you feel peaceful and joyful and strong and energized and, and on it. And the seasons that you might feel down and in a, in a rut and in a dark place, you know what? You are a great mom. You are a strong and wonderful woman no matter what you're facing and you're doing a good job. So can you just forget the rest and give yourself grace? Allow God in whatever the rest is to give you grace and pick up the pieces for you. And there's two verses I'll share. In Proverbs 16, 3, it says, Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. When I read this verse, it made me think of the idea of do your best and forget the rest. It's saying, commit, what are you doing? Give it to God. Motherhood, work, life, whatever it is. Here, God, I'm doing this for you. I'm committing my actions to you. And then it says, and your plans will succeed. To me, that second point is, and God's got it. Like you do this part and God's got the rest. He's got the rest. In Colossians 3, 23 through 24, it says, Work willingly at whatever you do, whatever you are doing in this season, as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people or toddlers, right? Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. When I read this, I was like, what? Like whatever you're doing in this season of your life, just do it for God. Just say, you know what? This is hard, but I'm doing it for you. I'm trying my best. I'm pumping, God, I'm, I'm doing this. This is hard. This is for you, God. I'm washing these dishes. Oh my gosh, this is like a whole day's worth. God, I give this to you. This laundry is literally driving me crazy, but God, I give this to you. Do it for God. And he's saying that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, that you are serving Christ when you do whatever you do. So just do your best and forget the rest. And let's move on to our last point, and that is perfectionism is blinding. <clears throat> perfectionism is blinding. The pursuit of perfectionism causes you to focus on the wrong things. You will miss the things that are way more important because you are so concerned with being the perfect mom, the perfect woman in every area. And I don't mean to burst your bubble, but you probably won't reach the goal of perfectionism. It's just not going to happen. When Jesus returns and we re-enter into eternity with him, then yes, but not right now. You know, it is a misleading pursuit that will only leave you frustrated, insecure, burnt out, and cause you to hate on yourself rather than love and embrace just how amazing you truly are. You know, here's a powerful truth that I realized this week about perfectionism and how it can hinder our parenting. This week, I realized that sometimes I get in that rut of trying to be, I don't want to say I'm like, oh, I'm trying to be perfect at all, but I want to be a good mom. I want to be a good wife. I want to be, you know, I, I'm trying my best and I have these high standards and I just want to be perfect, I guess, right? You know what I mean? Not like perfect, but like in our own estimation, right? And I realized that sometimes, not always, it can hinder my parenting. I realize that sometimes I try so hard to be the best mom I can, and I often mess up. I often yell, yep, I do. I get frustrated, I miss the mark, and I feel guilty. It's a nice little cycle, like, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming, like, ah! And then, boom, guilt, because I should have handled it different. Okay, Lauren, be patient, be patient, ah! You know, it's just a cycle, 
And then I just feel guilty. And I realized that these feelings of guilt from not measuring up to my own perfect standards cause me to neglect the importance of discipline sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I discipline my kids. I do. We have discipline in place at our home and we believe we, we do have great, well-mannered and disciplined kids who are also human, right? <laughs> but I find myself at times holding back so much. Sometimes when discipline is needed the most because of my own insecurities as a mother. Let me explain. I realized that I was believing the lie that since maybe I fell short that day, Maybe it was in the form of yelling, for example. I lost my cookie. Stop it. Like, just stop, you know? And then I, I, I feel guilty about it. And then there's an opportunity that my child needs to be disciplined because maybe they're bashing their, their sibling's head into the door, right? Then sometimes I, I, okay, maybe, okay, you get my point. So bad example. But there's times where I should discipline my kids. But in that moment, maybe I hold back so much because I feel like I already messed up. I feel like I was already mean. And if I, if I discipline in this moment, say, Hey, that's enough. No, sir, we don't do that. Do we need to do timeout or whatever that looks like in that moment? Sometimes I hold back because I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm mean. I already messed up and yelled at them earlier. I mean, does what I'm saying make sense? I'm trying to articulate this thought as it came to my heart today. It's like it was revealed to me. My point is, is that the pursuit of perfectionism has sometimes blinded me to the important aspects of discipline. Because of my insecurities of, of times where I fell short, I try to hold back from discipline because I feel like it's only going to cause my kids to look at me like, you're me, mom, and I don't like you, right? Discipline though is a form of love and a very, very important and necessary form of love. We often think that discipline equals being mean and making our kids cry, but that is false, right? As a mother, I realized for many of us, we are almost afraid to discipline because we are so in tune with our kids' emotions. Can y'all all relate to that? Like as mothers, I feel like we're more in tune with our kids' emotions. Like they're freaking out because they're tired. It's because they're tired, Um, you know, or you know what? They had a hard day at school, so that's why they're back talking me, right? And so we're so in tune with their emotions that we're almost afraid to discipline. We don't want them to feel sad or any negative feeling, but that's why many times they listen to their dad way more, right? Can I get an amen? (laughs) Discipline is a form of love and you don't have to be afraid of doing so because of your personal insecurities as a mother. This whole point is not just to talk about discipline at all, but to touch on the fact that perfectionism blinds us. Maybe for you, it blinds you to other things. Maybe it's not the discipline that we're talking about, but maybe it's, it's like to simply, excuse me, maybe it's other things like simply spending time with your kids instead of focusing on creating these over the top experiences. Maybe it's blinding you to the fact that you don't have to provide material things to your kids to be a good mom but rather simply enjoying simple pleasures with them. Maybe it's blinding to blinding you to the fact that you are beautiful, sexy, and a treasured wife, and just because you feel and look different after kids doesn't mean you're not perfectly loved, right? You know, I don't know what it is for you, but perfectionism is a lie. And I encourage you to ask God to show you what really matters, what you should focus on instead of trying to pursue perfectionism. 
Once you throw the pursuit of perfectionism out the window, I truly believe you can live freely. Enjoy motherhood a little more and truly embrace the grace God gives you to fulfill the roles he's entrusted you to. He doesn't expect you to be perfect because he already did that for you. What he did for you on the cross was because he knew we could not reach perfectionism without him. That's like the whole reason he died on the cross for us. He knew that we couldn't be perfect in our Christian walk, in our motherhood, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our life. We're all trying, but he knew we couldn't reach perfection and that we wouldn't. And that's why he died for us on the cross to wash in his, in his blood and to give us a new chance. He has our back. He's taken care of it for us so we can live free and guilt-free as his blood covers us and his, grade, his grace leads us through. And so ending with these last points real quick, uh, scriptures real quick. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, so all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Why do I share this verse? Because I want you to understand that it's what it's trying to say is once, once we find Christ in our life, once the veil is removed and we see the glory of the Lord, we see him, we have given our lives to Christ. It doesn't say then he makes us perfect like Jesus. It says he makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. It is a process. We are not going to reach perfection. And I wanted to share this verse to give you the perspective that we are constantly being changed, renewed. We're constantly growing. We're constantly getting better. And it's not this end result of perfectionism that God expects us to reach. In James 3, 2, it says, indeed, we all make mistakes. <clears throat> Did you hear that? Indeed, we all make mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. James goes hard when it talks about um, controlling our tongues. And all of us here right now know that we all are not good at that, right? The things we say. And my point is with this verse is it says we all make mistakes. And especially with our words, right? We all make mistakes. And let me end on this last verse. And it's Romans 8, 1 through 6. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the, re the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. 
And so that's a bigger, chunkier verse, but I really feel like it's a perfect verse to end on when it talk when we're talking about perfectionism. It's saying that Jesus is the one who saved us sinners, us imperfection, imperfect people. That he's the one who came. God said, this is the plan. Jesus died for our sins and he knew that we weren't going to be perfect. That we struggle with our sinful nature and the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. But the more and more you allow the Spirit to lead your life, you will have life and peace and peace of mind. And so with all that being said today, guys, we talked about we are all trying. Our points were when your best doesn't feel enough and how so many times we feel like our best isn't enough, but we are doing a great job. We talked about doing your best and forgetting rest that at the end of the day, we have to cut ourselves some slack and acknowledge that we are doing our best. And we ended with talking about perfectionism, how it blinds us to what's really important that it is not the end goal. I hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to connect with you. Follow Revive Moms on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If Revive Moms has been life-giving to you, then we'd love to connect with you as a church family. To learn more about Gravetop Church, visit gravetop.com or follow us on social media at Gravetop Church. Thanks for listening.